1: Greetings everybody, I'm Marcy Newman, the HeartShift Coach, your host today, and I have with me a wonderful guest, um, Kate Houston. Now, Kate, um, I became acquainted with Kate actually when she reached out to me to participate in her upcoming um, Telesummit, Fab and Fearless in Love. And I have to say, Kate, I'm so excited to have that launch, it's going to be so much fun for everybody. But I want to welcome you officially and um, to thank you for being here today because there's actually so much more, even than your tele-summit that we have to talk about. And I want you to know how um, inspired I have been by reading all about the, the different aspects of what you're involved in. So, anyway, welcome, oh. Kate.
0: Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here and to share and support women in their journey for love.
1: So how did you get started in all of this?
0: <laughs> well, I believe most of us have an experience or two in our past that drives us to seek answers and find uh, healthier ways to be in relationships. And for me, it was the same Um, I had had a pretty tumultuous relationship in my past where um, uh, I drew to me somebody who seemed on the outside put together, but when we actually got into knowing each other after being married, that there was a lot of pain and hurt that he had unresolved that had nothing to do with me and that there were some really difficulties that that created in the relationship, of course. Because then patterns and old fears come up, and I didn't have tools to understand. I didn't have methods to navigate. And of course, I had my own things that came up when things came up with my partner. So it became this escalating uh, struggle rather than a way of finding peace and calm and support for each other. So I knew after that relationship ended that there had to be a better way. And While he had things he could work on for himself, I knew the only thing that I could truly do is change me and identify what was going on with me. So uh, my previous career before being a a dating and love coach for women was as a librarian for decades. So I used my librarian spidey senses to dive deep into research like only a librarian could to really understand (laughs) modalities and methods and psychologies not just like the sort of psychologies and ideas and concepts that, that people may know of, but also memoir and understanding the stories, because part of my history, too, is I love storytelling. And I really believe that part of us and our human nature is, you know, fundamental to, to make meaning of our lives through story. And we sometimes make painful meaning of our lives through the way in which we see our stories and that we actually have the power within us to change those stories and how they affect us and imprint us in the present moving forward. So I was really committed to kind of blending some of the experiences and knowledge I had to better understand me. And then when I figured it out and I got to this place of instead of being in a head spin and stressed and anxious and wondering and always in question, being a place of empowerment and groundedness and security, first within myself, then I knew I could handle whatever life brought to me. And especially in relationship with intimacy in a partner where everything feels heavier on the line, right? Your risk-taking feels deeper. And so if I can do and handle and navigate feeling grounded and being able to speak my truth authentically in intimate relationships, then actually my whole life is better because no conversation is difficult once you can master the struggling, you know, embarrassing Scary conversations with a partner.
1: So, Kate, why do you think it is that so often it's those most important conversations that we need to have that we um, do almost anything to steer clear of?
0: <laughs> I know we steer clear of them sometimes by actually taking sabotaging behavior because we're too scared to speak our truth. Because in a, an act, an event, you know, sometimes I think you know, when somebody cheats on somebody, it's because they have a truth they're scared to talk about. And then they incite a decision to be made, you know, or whatever the behavior is, it's offensive, or or causes the line to be drawn. So I think what it is, is we're scared, we're scared, we don't want to hurt somebody. So we sit on this line of I can't, I don't know how to be authentic, but also not hurt someone. And the truth is, is that we cannot control how somebody responds, we can sort of you know, be as tactful and kind as we can be in the way we can share something in a receptive way to try and help them understand. But ultimately, we need to be authentic with ourselves first, get real with our conversations with ourselves, understand what our underlying drivers are, what unconscious beliefs, old stories, limiting beliefs or or values may be driving our lives and are the things that, you know, we created when we were younger, or maybe as children as coping mechanisms to make sense of something nonsensical, whether growing up or a first relationship, we bring those into the next decades and we forget that we have a wise woman over here now, a wise self as an adult that can reflect back and actually make a more comprehensive, better sense of that story. We just, we just sometimes don't have the time or tools or the, or the pathway to find that. So I think it's sometimes it's easier for us to try to be nice, to be people pleasers, and maybe culturally too women are supposed to be uh, kind, we're supposed to be polite, or else you know, we get labeled as either black or white. We're either really nice or we're really bitchy, or whatever <laughs> is the thing, and we worry about that. But the thing is, is that we get to be human beings, which means we're all of those things, all of us, and that ignoring the shadow self, means that somewhere in time, usually in our 40s and beyond, it starts poking at us to deal with it and realize that we need to make peace, make you know love on, accept and be compassionate about the humanness in us, when maybe we've been brought up to be superhuman, perfectionists, good little girls, whatever is the thing that we believed that made, helped us make sense in the world when we needed it to make sense.
1: Really well said. Um, Something jumped out at me when you used the word self-sabotage and you were talking about, you know, (laughs) really our responsibility in um, identifying those patterns and, um, you know, shifting, right, so that um, we can have a different result in the relationship. But I have to ask Mm -hmm. you, what about those who don't recognize the self-sabotage as self-sabotage? Um, I know for myself and my own clients that you know this is a real issue because a lot of times um, either the patterning or the conditioning is so severe that it just it feels normal and it feels like um, like we 're being protected so that other voice that we may be um, Listening to where we identify it as being um, something that's going to keep us safe is actually taking us into a downward spiral. So, how do you mm-hmm. help people to um, bring and develop that awareness that self sabotage is has been activated, and how can yeah. and how can um, how can people steer clear of that?
0: Yeah, and sometimes, you know, it can be complicated because if, if the self-sabotage is, say, you're getting attentions that are filling a void or filling your bucket in a way that your partner isn't, that you're desiring and you're frustrated by and nothing, maybe months or years of not having any solution or conversation or, or intimacy about that kind of thing happening, It can be really easy to fall into that intoxication right it really is sort of this uh, chemistry intoxication and then we make it okay we say well this is why because I'm you know we can blame the other person for not feeding us but we have to be responsible people in our relationships and what I like to help uh, my clients do is to say you know we're human we are going to make mistakes but if you're on this path to learn You know ask yourself in any situation are you going to be proud of you looking back at how you handled that were you at your best you could be at that moment or is there something else you could choose like and it's not to say you need to be shameful of it but you need to be responsible about it and sometimes responsibility and accountability is best enacted and invoked before action because it's going to save pain the depth of pain that the action of of self-sabotage can have so, you know, it's when you get in there and you can say, what is it about this? What am I too scared to speak about? What am I too scared to say? What am I too, like, like let's have that conversation. And I usually have the opportunity where we, we do some modalities together, where we get to share. You know, lots of times it's such a pattern to never speak your truth, to be the people pleaser because that's the role you played in family or whatever the role was. It's the pattern that feels familiar. The familiar is what our ego and our, psych, you know, our, our um, amygdala, part of our neural pathways, wants to be efficient and do the same thing that's familiar because familiar uh, begets safety when we're in you know, prehistoric times. But now we're not in that, so it kind of is a haywire methodology that our brain uses that's still in it. It's like you know, old software for a computer, not updated, right? And here we're trying to live in an updated world and life without the updated um, you know, software to run in our brains, So we get to retrain ourselves and update our software through our mindfulness, our awareness, and catching ourselves and saying, well, is this really going to help? You know, or is it, is it like, am I avoiding the hard conversation of, I love you and I don't think I can be with you any longer? Because it doesn't mean you don't care for someone. It just means whatever the situation is, you've outgrown or it's toxic in a way that's not healthy anymore. And if, they, if the partner is not able to join you to create something new, you have to have those hard conversations. And yeah. a lot of times the sabotaging is to avoid those mm-hmm. conversations.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so tell me about your summit. What's your vision ah. for your summit?
0: Well, what I really wanted to do here is talk about you can be fabulous and fearless in love. And I usually work with women who are successful in their lives, their careers, but are anxious about love. They likely have been powerhouse women or go-getters or seen as like the amazing super, you know, volunteer at the school. But then they are kind of embarrassed about the relationships they've had and that they feel they've been walked all over or that they've brought in toxicity or whatever. And they don't know why one area of the world is so stellar and why over here, it's, you know, completely in the gutter from their perspective and that they're embarrassed even to talk to their best friends about it. So I think what it is is we get to look at that and, like, we have a lot of skills that we get to put forth in the world that we, we get to control that vision of how people see us. And what I wanted for the, for the summit is really for us to take the confidence that we put out there, that kind of masculine confidence to be successful and go-getters in whatever we're doing out in the world, And instead, shift it and and realign it to a feminine confidence where it's looking back in, it's getting real with ourselves, and it's connecting with the essence of who you are to know you are worthy no matter what so that whatever your truth is, even the scary and hard stuff to say, you can say it and feel that Like that's true intimacy in relationship is when you can share it and you can both be uncomfortable with it, but you're both accepting of each other's truths, And you can sometimes sit in disagreement or there might not be full resolve, but it's authentic and honest. And so, and it doesn't mean you don't get through it. It just means you can sometimes have some, you know, difficult, stretchy things to work through in a relationship, whether it's dating or being together a year or being together 10 years. It's getting in there and being able to be true to each other and, first of all, being true to yourself. So it's about really having everybody get that chance to look at, where am I maybe not stepping forward? Where do I hide my truth? And why am I doing that? And where did I learn that? And how can I break free from that? And there's many experts that have so many different tips and methods, modalities that work that can give you a a leap forward in identifying a path that can give you uh, the freedoms on the other side. So many times I, I talk with the women I work with, the clients I have, where they have anxieties that keeps them from being honest. So they, instead of having the hard conversation that maybe could be two minutes long with somebody, five minutes, even half an hour, you know, they avoid that conversation, stuff it down, and then they have months and years of stress and anxiety because they weren't honest. Versus... Stepping into the courage of being honest and, and truthful in those few moments. And then because you've released your truth, having freedom on the other side, knowing you're being authentic.
1: So tell me something, uh, for women coming back into the dating field, um, how, do you, how do you think that they can approach the dating and the love um, differently that will help them to sort of lighten the mood, right? To let go of some of that anxiety. What can they do?
0: Uh, There's so much. I mean, there's a lot of pressure. We women in general have timelines. Like even if we're past our uh, biological clock, we still kind of have ticking timelines. Like what's happening after three months? What's it mean after six? What's after? Because we want assurances of safety, and if we are able to recognize, oh, this is us just wanting a security and a safety, even though we may not be at a place to really know, but it's a way to understand that I have a need that I can maybe uh, recognize, and it's not about the man giving me resolve. It's about me recognizing what, what anxiousness is coming up and soothing myself to go, oh, it makes sense why I'm, I worry about this because, you know, I had insecurities or relationship experiences where I didn't know, and I'm bringing that in, my old stuff, into this new relationship, even though he's been showing up wonderfully. Um, I think, too, it's to lighten it in that we show up with curiosity Mm. in our dates. Yeah, It's so easy when we've been hurt before and we're older to come in with that critical interview list of questions and want to just go nail them back and forth and so many women that I've worked with, when I send them out with these tools for curious conversations, curiosity means there's no right or wrong, there's no good or bad. I mean, you get to listen for truth and alignment. And alignment doesn't mean bad or good, it just means he may or may not be aligned with you. You may be a city girl, and if you meet a guy who talks about having horses in the country, and maybe you're turned on by his passion, but not what he's passionate about. You get to take the piece that you like and note that to say, I want somebody with passion, rather than just writing them off and not using the opportunity to date people, even if they're not the correct match for you, to learn something about what you want. So when you get to this curiosity, it's about letting them tell you stories. Men love to tell stories, asking curious questions to lead them into their stories of their lives. And they will get pretty vulnerable and share details that you might be surprised about on the first and second date. And I like to take the pressure off too in that be more interested than interesting on your first two dates. Let them talk because why waste your time if you're hearing red flags and you're hearing people not learn or take accountability for past things. Maybe they blame somebody and they're still in pain. You want to sort of have that be revealed so that you're not wasting you know, six months of your life dating somebody that didn't reveal this to you, right, until later. So you get to listen with openness, listen for how they, even if they had struggles before, are they accountable? Are they responsible? Are they resilient? And have they learned? And are they in a growing mentality, just like you want to to be for somebody in a relationship, right? So rather than being critical, and it's so easy to be critical instead and like listen like, oh, I don't like that, Well, listen for the things you do like. Note, you know, gently the things that may be, I don't know if that's a a jailbreaker or a red flag for me, but I'm going to learn more about this date. And then we get to really be present rather than letting all our old stories run the experience of the date. And the best way to be present besides the curiousness of our, our presence and the date is to be present to our five senses on the date. That's a way to ground out and return to the present. And a lot of times we spin about the past, freak out about the future, anybody with a lot of anxieties, dating. Getting present with like, oh, what smells and what, what's the, what, the candlelight or the lighting light or getting what's the smell of the food and being present, it brings you back to now and lets us go of expectations because then we're already creating a story for the future that hasn't happened yet, right?
1: Really good insight, really good insight. Um, Tell me something, you know, because we all have these paths, right, and especially um, after marriage, going out in the dating field can be scary. And, you know, there are these patterns, right, that we may start Mm -hmm. to identify. And giving yourself that opportunity to test things out, right, test yourself and and Mm -hmm. test who you are in different situations is great. But how can you be a little bit more streamlined so that um, you can avoid attracting the men who we call our like wounded birds and mm-hmm. instead attract like a healed warrior, that person who is going to be there by your side and um, right. you can actually create this sustainable relationship with. So how do we streamline right. that a bit?
0: I think one of the ways to streamline is that I, I want to say like minimal effort on your part. Know that a man who's interested in you and wants to pursue you will. We don't have to convince a man. It goes back to the sort of being interested versus interesting. You don't have to keep telling everything about you to convince a man you like, he should like you. It should really be about you being present to learn if he's the right fit for you. So you're making the choice about him rather than giving him the power, right? And so the same thing is true for paying attention to the stories they tell. Again, looking at are they resilient? Are they constantly, is every last relationship that they've ever had been, oh, it was their fault. They went crazy and nuts on me. I don't know why it happened. Um, for me, I had that, the last relationship that I had in my marriage. You know, he had those stories, and I never heard him be accountable, and I didn't know to listen for that.
1: Mm-hmm. And had
0: I known that, I would know that he was fulfilling a, a role that started long ago when he was a kid that was part of that, that woundedness that hadn't been healed in his childhood that was playing out in all his past relationships, and I was doomed with him in some ways, no matter what I tried. Sure, of course. <laughs> because the pattern was there. So I like to say one way to streamline, too, is minimal effort, like I say, is, you know, when you've had some conversations back and forth on a mess, like if you're on an app, and you're, you're, you're like, okay, there's a moment women feel like, God, I wish you would just ask me out already. You know, we all get to that place, right? And guys don't know. But you, the first thing you might say is just simply, it would feel good to hear your voice. What do you think? And that is a way to inspire a man to ask you to get on a phone call. Get on a 30-minute phone call with a guy. Hear his voice. Talk to him a little bit more. And get a feel for him. And make it short so you don't spend the whole time. Because if you tell too much of your story and spend three hours on the phone, the intrigue is gone. The man has all the information he needs to know if he wants to meet you or not. And may often decide not to meet you. I don't think I've ever had a client... Who said, Well I end up having a three-hour conversation and then we met and fell in love. No, he's like, decided already. Eh, not so much. So make it a 30 minute conversation. Have the conversation so you get a feel for who he is with, with voice, right? And then see, you know, then he can then hopefully at that point he'll either be interested in saying, Hey, let's meet, and if you're interested, you say yes and you kinda of work that out. There's a way to move it forward efficiently without leading. It's you guiding, kind of dropping the virtual handkerchief. You're giving them the sign that it's okay, To that they'll be successful if they you know, move forward in, in being interested in you. And men that are older are more skittish. They've been brokenhearted like we have. They're not so um, just going to go and, and they're not, they don't have – <sighs> When you're younger, I think guys are younger, they, they, are, they know to just keep trying and it's a numbers game for them. Like, that's oh, fine if I'm, a, if I'm rejected. But they're a little more open-hearted when they're older and don't want that rejection. So we need to let them know there's a success possibility with us. Mm-hmm. And then if they're really interested, they'll follow through. But if you say, you know, I'd love to hear your voice, what do you think? And he never asks to get on the phone with you, you learn something. And He's maybe not in the right place. Maybe he's not interested enough in you. And you don't have to spend any more time on that person and you can move on to whoever else is messaging you. And it really is an alignment of time and values and, you know, situational. So all those things need to align. And we don't have to make it about, am I, is something wrong with me? It's just an alignment or not alignment, right? And when we take the pressure off of the meaning, it gets to be more just, more light, more fun, and, and you get to laugh about the you know, idiosyncrasies of life. Some guys are just getting their feet wet. Maybe they've been out of a marriage, a 20-year marriage, and then they're two months out. They're not ready for something serious. They don't know what they want, but, you know, you can have a conversation with them and then learn, and if they, you know, see where they're at, and if they're kind of just playing the field and talking and figuring that out, that's sweet if they're vulnerable and open with you. What a wonderful thing that you provided them an opportunity to be open, and that's what you want to present in the future with somebody who you do want to build a relationship with. So you're like, oh, I like my way of being there. Invited him in. He felt safe with me to do that. That felt good. I feel safe sharing with him. Okay, it's not the right alignment. We're not at the right timing.
1: So I, I like what you were saying, too, about, um, you know, not being afraid to ask the questions. And so what sort of came to my mind was, you know, how important it is to have those questions to ask, right? So that you're getting the information that you need yeah. and not be afraid of asking the questions. Um, yeah. I can see how that is so essential. So let me ask you one other question. Um Yeah. <laughs> because, I know a lot of women. You know, like make these shopping lists. Okay, and yeah. they believe that they that this is their Bible, and that the mm-hmm. list means that every everything on the list has to be ticked off. So,
0: uh-huh.
1: talk to us about that. Does that work? Does it not work? <laughs>
0: Well, it's interesting because I, am going to share like a correlation. This last fall, I got a puppy and I've been wanting a puppy and I haven't had a dog in a long time. And I knew I wanted a rescue pup and I wanted to be, you know, under six months if I could. So here's my short list starting. And I thought, well, it'd be nice if it was this type of dog. And then I went on and I found a rescue and I found these dogs and I felt drawn to them and they're mutts. So I don't actually know what they are, right? Like, and what size they'll be, but, um, I spoke with the foster mom and got a sense for their personality. And I got to know the personality because the, the foster parents, they'd, they'd been around them for two months or something. So, and I just felt like there was a draw and I just said, yes. So I had some parameters, but then I also went with my feeling and how I felt with the conversation and what I was hearing. So had I stuck with my short list, You know, I wouldn't have the dog I have today. I mean, I still don't know (laughs) if he's going to be a big dog. He's going to be, he could be 70, 80 pounds. I'm like, oh, that's going to be a big dog. But you know what? He's 100% lovable and I wouldn't trade him for the world. So, you know, be aware, like you want somebody taller. I'm 5'9". So I prefer somebody to be somewhat relative. I mean, like some guys have a problem with taller women. Some don't. And as long as they don't, I don't care, you know. I mean, I just want to be able to be me. Mm -hmm. And so it's more about what is the attitude of the man and what's their ability to feel confident with however you are. So um, I would prefer, like, you look for – you want to listen for core values. And one of the things I work with my clients with, and I'm sure there's a way everybody works with something in this modality where they identify – What are the values that drive your life to the activities and events that you lead in your life? So for one example, like I had a client who um, was going to go out on a date with an insurance agent, and she almost didn't go out with him because she goes, oh, insurance agent. (laughs) She's judging all over that. But we had worked on listening for core values. So I said, the least you can do is go practice listening differently for the information, because that's what we teach is like how to listen differently to the stories that men are telling for the information you want rather than just the facts on your little short list of the shopping list. So when she was listening, what she heard is he said, well, you know, I married my college sweetheart and she got pregnant. I wanted to provide for her so I got a job that I knew could be secure. Who doesn't like hearing that? Sure. He says, and then after I worked for a little while, I could work from home, which meant I could be the soccer dad, the baseball coach. He's an involved parent. Who doesn't love that? Then on top of it all, she's hearing all this. She hears him say, Oh, yeah, and then when my kids were finally, like, elementary school age and more independent, I got to turn to my wife and say, you know, you don't have to be stay-at-home or, or, you know, working part-time. Where can I support you in the career you want? Wow.
1: Whoa.
0: (laughs) Bingo. So, could have missed an amazing opportunity for, you know, and he even joked about it. He's like, yeah, I didn't think I'd be an insurance agent. Like, he himself joked about it. But if we don't judge and we go in with curiosity and we listen for the values and hear how the – I mean, there's so many different ways that somebody can live out a value that we all have, right? So we get to listen to that and for that to see what the match is so we don't miss amazing men. You know, when we're listening for a specific tangible, like something super concrete on a shopping list, we may keep bringing those unavailable men to us because that one or two things is a part of that quality in an unavailable man rather yeah. than really listening to and going past and not rejecting somebody just because we have a preconceived notion or they're, you know, just my height or, you know, and maybe the question is if, if you're like for me, I had a, you know, and I do this with my clients too. I'm still learning. And if I'm like, wow, why, am, why would I be bothered by dating somebody shorter? I don't like to feel big. Oh, I used to have a problem with weight. Oh, See, there it's about me. It's totally not about the guy. Yeah. And then I get to get intimate with me and say, wow, a man can be strong and be, you know, hold me in his arms strongly. It doesn't have to be my height. You know what I mean? So, and there could be great men out there that are your height or a little bit shorter or whatever. So remember that we get to look outside of those definitions because those may limit us on finding a really great partner in life with. And wouldn't it be just just too bad to miss them because of this one little thing? Then the end may not matter. And I mean, we're all going to shrink eventually as we get older, right? Sure, (laughs) of course. (laughs) What does it matter? Yeah. You know?
1: Really great advice, Kate. Really great advice. So I want to talk about um, what uh, really struck me about you and a decision that you made. About the uh proceeds from your fabulous ah, yes. and fearless in love summit, and um, yeah. when I received your email um, as you described what your what your thoughts were and and what your um, decision was in terms of sharing those proceeds. I, I really just stopped and sort of took pause and said, you know what, this is somebody I want to speak to. So, yeah, thank you so much and kudos to you. And I'd love you to yeah. tell our audience about your decision uh, to well, you. to um, donate 100% of the proceeds of your summit to a very worthy cause.
0: Well, first of all, I just want to clarify just in case people missed it. Participating in the online show is free when it's airing and it's going to be sent to your inbox when you sign up to join it. For the broadcast, is free. But if you want to own it and have it forever, and a lot of people do because mm-hmm. they may miss one or want to repeat something and they may, you know, just as it happens with regular broadcasts, if you want to binge later, you have the opportunity to purchase it uh, pre summit uh, launch and during the summit, uh, for and, and the link is in the welcome emails for everybody. But what it does is there's a there's a there's a nonprofit in Portland called and I'm from the Portland, Oregon area, Adorned in Grace, and it is an all volunteer led nonprofit bridal boutique that sells gently worn bridal dresses that have been donated and bridal bridesmaids gowns, where all proceeds fund efforts to prevent the practice of human trafficking and to provide restoration for the victims. So oftentimes, and there was, there's been a lot of conversation around how foster girls and teens can easily be groomed out of foster families and into the, the lives of predators because they tell them the story of everything they want to hear, they'll take care of them, and then they're completely dependent on these people and feel like they're stuck and don't have any other choice but to do what they are told to do, which is be a part of the sex trafficking world. And and so. What this does is it provides um, support and there's a whole uh, design studio that uses materials that, aren't, that are not donated but aren't able to be used in the bridal boutique and resold where they're teaching young girls uh, creative trades with sewing and making accessories and teaching them entrepreneurship so that they have both the mentors there that are adults that are caring adults in their lives that are showing up just for them and not for any other reason. Because a lot of women, gr- young girls in, in foster care, what happens is they believe the story that the only reason why someone cares for them, aka their caseworker, is because they're paid, because they have no worthiness, they've had a lot of difficulty, like it makes sense. But here we get to change that story by, I'm donating my time because you're worthy as a human being. And that changes their own story, their theme, Keeps them uh, from being lured away into these trafficking situations. And what it is, is it's just this amazing opportunity to help at risk youth level up, build their esteem, give them methods, tools, and, and skills that allow them to feel confident in who they are, which is really going back to the whole theme of our summit anyway. And that I get to show up and actually donate some of my time teaching tools and methods I do for women over 40. The young girls between the 12 and 18, why wouldn't it be wonderful to know it so they never have to go through those roller coaster relationships, right? And the reason why I got involved in the and New Grace is because in 2010, when I got divorced, I had my wedding dress. I have two boys. They're never going to want those. And I found this institution, this nonprofit, and donated my wedding dress. Mm. So I have a personal connection, and then now I get to have an even more meaningful connection to the program and, the, and have all the proceeds from the sale go to supporting these young girls uh, with the design studio, with the, um, the bridal uh, center and boutique, and really just helping these young girls have the esteem and confidence they they deserve to have so they can go out into the world and be the amazing shining light rather than feel shame and guilt and be dimmed because of, you know, the circumstances that their world was created when they started out in life.
1: You know, what I think is so unusual about this um, organization also is that um, they, have, uh, so th- they have the boutiques, but they also Mm -hmm. have the opportunity for these girls to develop real skills, right? So they can redesign using the gowns. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I I don't know, there's, I remember, you know, being a a teenager myself and just fashion was everything, right? And I Mm -hmm. I was thinking as I read that, you know, what an incredible opportunity for them to be able to use their creativity, and to be, you know, using these these gowns that they can see as beautiful already and just know that they can take them from there and utilize, mm-hmm. you know, the fabrics and the, the mm-hmm. laces and the beading, and they can create something new. And from my experience in, in coaching, there is nothing more powerful than a person recognizing themselves as a creative being. And oh, yeah. it just creates this connection to life and to the world that is second to none. And I, that's what really sort of you know, stuck out <laughs> at me as I was reading yeah. about the organization and the wonderful work that they do. Um, you talked about how some of the uh, issue is that these girls are so vulnerable Right, And they are actually groomed Mm -hmm. by predators because Mm -hmm. of their vulnerability. So this program really helps them to anchor in. And again, I have to say the creative aspect of it, from Mm -hmm. my perspective, is really essential here.
0: And they get to be curious, and the creativity is really where they have mentors who support them to have the courage to make mistakes and learn and grow, and there's no right and wrong, and that it's about play and and being present in the moment. You know, all of it, whenever, you know, somebody does anything creative, you're so very present. That's right. The time stops, right? And if their whole life has been about freaking out about the future or, you know, panicking about the past, they haven't been able to live in the present to really just be. Mm-hmm. And so creativity allows them to be who they are and accepted for who they are and to be nurtured and supported and, you know, given guidance and that they get to accept that they can make mistakes and that they're human for that. Like, you know, I know we have lots of perfectionists and people, super people, right, yeah. that are listening where I'm a recovering perfectionist because I thought I had to be a good little girl Me and too. I ignored... My humanity. Yeah. So, when we get to let them see this, and it's like you get to play, and there's no right or wrong. And who knows what? Uh, th- maybe the thing you thought you were going toward, you created something different that ended up being better because you just followed your intuition in the moment. And it's beautiful. And that the mentoring really is just being there and talking to them and having conversation. And it's a casual way. To let them know that I care about you just because you're you and you don't have to do anything for me and I don't need any money for it. And my time is valuable to spend with you because you deserve it. Mm.
1: I love that. And I just, I don't know, I'm just seeing so many metaphors, you you know, for life (laughs) with this program. Uh, One being, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing's written in stone. You can take a beautiful gown and make something else that's beautiful from it you can take an ugly mm-hmm. gown and make something beautiful you can everything is meant to shift and to change and and as i said nothing's written in stone so whatever their history is it can you know there's a new story just waiting to be told waiting to be created and, and it's just and beautiful what we do with our too. Mm-hmm.
0: and what we want to do with this summit is that we really want to help everybody recreate the story from their past so that the pains can be let go of and you can see the resilience that you wouldn't be who you are without having that story. That's right. So you're going to see the, the, the beauty that came out of it because there's never you know there's, there's a lot of beauty in the resilience you've created and the, and the um, everybody can have their peace where they can go wow I wouldn't be me today. Some of these great qualities in me had I not had that struggle. Not to say that you know We wouldn't want to have changed it had we had the choice, but we get to choose how we perceive a story gets to affect our lives. And that's where we go back to why storytelling, you know, why I was always such a, uh, stories make meaning in our lives, but how we perceive the story is how we make meaning for our own life in this present and moving forward. And that's what we get to do with these girls is help them change the meaning of the story from their past so it doesn't affect the next, you know, 70 years of their lives.
1: Hmm. Thank you so much, Kate. This has been such a wonderful conversation that we've had. And again, I'm so excited for the fabulous and fearless and love summit to, um, you know, just be uh, available to everybody and anybody who wants to change their story about love. It's so rich. Mm -hmm. It's so full. And of course, as I said before, you know, what, what your intention is, is an incredible vision. And I just want to thank you so much. Is there anything, um, any parting words that you'd like to share with our audience?
0: I just want to say that big love awaits you, that your past does not define your present and future, and nor do your circumstances. You have the power within you to create the deeply loving and connected partnership you've always dreamed of, and it starts first with a courageous conversation, first with yourself, so that you can have those real conversations, know your shadow self, and accept your humanness and love on yourself, so that when you go into partnership, it makes it easy for someone to love you how you love you.
1: Hmm. I love that. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank Thank you you again, and thank you to all of our listeners. Please um, click into the Fabulous and Fearless in Love Summit. You will be delighted with what you find there. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing people's stories about new successes. And um, again, thank you so much for being here. I'm Marcy Newman, your Heart Shift Coach. And I look forward to next time. Please leave your comments or your questions. Oh, Kate, how can they reach you, by the way, if anybody wants to um, connect with you personally?
0: Yes, you can do it through Kate at KateHoustonCoaching.com.
1: Great. Easy enough. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye now.